Romans chapter 5, looking at verses 1 through 10. If you would stand with me as we read Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we've obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare, to, uh, dare even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise You for Your mighty and powerful Word. We ask that You open our hearts and minds to understand, to, uh, to grow, to be challenged and strengthened and and also comforted in reading Your Word today. We thank You that we can be reconciled to You through Jesus Christ our Lord. That we can be made right with You. Uh, that all that we have done as the, is wrong. That all that we have done as enemies of You uh, can be transformed and changed and forgiven. And that we can truly become Your family today. And we pray that You help us as we study Your Word, as we think about You, Jesus, and all that You are and all that You've done for us, that You help us to draw closer to You, that You help us to rise, that You help us to produce fruit of the Holy Spirit, that You help us to be made and to make disciples of You. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. and. Want to encourage you um, to think about this passage today, to keep your Bible open uh, in uh, in Romans chapter five, and would encourage you as as we study Scripture, we've got to go deeper. Um, I've met a lot of people that say, "Oh yeah, I read the Bible once," uh, and uh, and they act like that's good, like that's enough, and that is good. Don't get me wrong, that's great. Read the Bible. Uh, but just reading it once is like putting your toe in the ocean and saying, I know everything about the ocean. Or taking one swim in the ocean and thinking, I've got the ocean figured out. Uh, we have no clue uh, what's all in the ocean, uh, how amazing and deep and wide it is. And it's true with God's Word. Just reading a passage once or uh, just reading a meme on Facebook is not the same as digging deep into Scripture and meditating on God's Word. And this is a passage, the book of Romans is a book that needs to be meditated on and, and thought deeply about. Um, and so he begins talking about justification by faith. And justification reminds us that we in our sin cannot stand before a holy and righteous God. 
uh, that we cannot be in God's presence in our sin and that we will be cast out of God's presence because of our sin and that will be right and that will be just. Uh, No one in hell is going to say, I don't deserve to be here. They're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're exactly where they deserve to be in, uh, because of God's righteousness and holiness. Uh, and every one of us that are in heaven is going to feel like, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be in heaven. But by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, I am where I am. Um, and so we are justified by faith that we put our faith in Jesus Christ. As we studied in Sunday school today, in the suffering servant. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have peace with God through your good works. You don't have peace with God through your good looks. As good looking as you are today, you don't have peace with God through your good looks. You don't have peace with God through your good family or your family connections or your bank account. You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so important that we remember that today. Through Jesus, we obtained access to God by faith. We have to believe with all our heart and soul and mind and strength in Jesus Christ. Access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So grace means that although I deserved punishment for my sin, God gave me His favor, His love, a relationship with Him. I become part of His family. Although I deserved punishment, I stand in grace. That God loves me and He shows me that in Jesus Christ. And I believe in what Jesus Christ has done. And I allow the life of Jesus to change the way I live. And to change the way I think. And when I do that, when I stand in grace, I rejoice in hope of the glory of God. When I stand in my own works, or my own emotions, or my own feelings, some days I feel pretty good. And then other days I know that I'm not good. And I, and I know that I've done no good and I know that, uh, that I deserve punishment. But when I stand in grace, no matter how I feel, no matter what I've done, no matter what's been done to me, I stand in grace knowing that God is going to make it right and that He has made it right in Jesus Christ, my Savior and my Lord. And so he says, not only that, but here's where a lot of people turn away from Jesus. We rejoice in our sufferings. We rejoice in our sufferings. That takes miraculous power from God to rejoice in suffering. We don't, especially as Americans, we don't want to suffer. We love our air conditioning and our refrigerators and, uh, and, uh, and our electricity and all that. We don't want to suffer, right? For, for a lot of us, hell has put us out in the woods in a tent. That's for a lot of people. They don't want that at all, right? That's, that's suffering. They don't like that. But, but as believers, we take that to realize that Jesus Christ suffered. That's what we studied in Isaiah 53 in uh, Sunday school and small group Bible study. He suffered And so if I say, I want to be like Jesus, I better be ready to suffer 
And to realize that God is working even in the midst of my suffering. So although it's going to hurt and although I want it to be over now and it may not be over for many years or however long you know, God allows it to take place, but I can rejoice knowing that God is at work. And, uh, and God doesn't have pointless pain. God doesn't just do it for the fun of it, that there is, a, there is something going on and He is working in my life and He is working through my life and the suffering that He allows is producing endurance. Right? And that endurance is I endure and I rejoice in hope and I put my faith in Jesus Christ and I find my peace in Him and on my Lord Jesus Christ. That endurance that I have, which comes only from God because I'm going to give up. I would have given up a long time ago were it not for the endurance that God blesses our lives with. And that, that endurance produces character. When we don't have the endurance of God in the midst of our suffering, that, that suffering produces bitterness and anger and uh, an addiction and whatever else we turn to instead of hanging on to Jesus and saying, I'm trusting in You with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength and being faithful to God. And when we're faithful to Him and we find that supernatural endurance... That power to just say, yes, Lord, I'm going to live for you this day. I'm struggling, I'm hurting, I'm suffering, and yet I'm going to put you first in my life. Regardless of how I feel, I'm going to trust in you, and that produces character. The character of Jesus Christ in our life. And that character produces hope. That I can go on because I know God has something better in the future. And I know that God is using me and shining His light through me. And that's the hope that will never put you to shame. That you know is God is never going to put you to shame. You're going to look back and you're going to go, Thank God I trusted in Him. Look at where He has brought me today. And look at what I'm allowed to do for Him today because of what I went through all those other years and all those maybe even decades that I struggled and that I suffered and that but I held on to Him because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that's what we've got to pray for. Just like you've got to continually pour gasoline into your car or diesel or whatever fuel you use into your car to keep it running. We've got to continually have God's love not just trickled, but poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that He has given to us. Because while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. We don't like to think of ourselves as ungodly. But that's what we are without Christ. He didn't choose you because you're strong and you're pretty and you're uh, talented and you're intelligent. In your weakness, at the right time, Christ died for us, the ungodly ones. He died for us. And He chose us and He loved us. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one might dare to die. But God went beyond that. God shows His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
We might go to the extreme to help people, but when they're our enemies, when they've come against us, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't want anything to do with them. We would rejoice in their punishment, even in their death. But that's what God did for us. We were enemies of Him. Ungodly, unrighteous, weak, unwilling to really do anything for Him. And yet He still died for us. And we have been now justified by the blood that Jesus shed for us on the cross. And we will be saved from the wrath of God that we deserve. And so a lot of us go wrong because we don't think sin deserves wrath. We think a little bit of punishment, maybe a be grounded, maybe, but not the wrath of the righteous God. But that is what sin justly deserves. Because when we sin, we sin against God ultimately. And we're saved by the wrath that God will bring on this earth through the blood of Jesus Christ. While we were still enemies, while we were still enemies, uh, Christ died for us and were made right to God by the death of His Son. Now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by the life of Jesus Christ. We'll be saved as we allow the life of Jesus Christ to be lived in our bodies Uh, And what an amazing truth that is. He says, more than that, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Again, reconciliation. We were enemies of God, ungodly, born with a sin nature that would rebel against God. In some of your earliest memories, you can remember that rebellion in your life where you went against what your parents wanted you to do where you went your own way, you did your own thing, and that rebellion is there, and we're made right with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, where we're changed and we're transformed. And so today, I put in our sermon notes uh, the Baptist faith and message about what we believe about God the Son, Jesus Christ. Because what we believe matters And as a church, if we want to rise to become all that God's created us to be, and we talked about that a few weeks ago, we've got to rise within. All that sin lives in here. All those wrong decisions, it's not somebody else's fault. Uh, It's it's my fault. It's your fault. right? We, We can rise out of those bad things that are within us, those sinful things that are within us. And we can rise beyond all that God uh, has created us to do by rising above and looking to Jesus Christ. And so we've got to know what we believe about Jesus and, and, and think deeply about who is Jesus Christ. Who truly is Jesus Christ? And grow in our understanding of Him. So we believe that Christ is the eternal Son of God. He came in human form, but He's eternal Son of God. He's a very part of the Godhead. And in His incarnation, so incarnation means Jesus being God in heaven, took on a human form. Uh, He became a person. So in His incarnation as Jesus Christ, He was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. So Jesus' birth was 
uh, was a godly, was a supernatural event. Jesus did not have an earthly father. Uh, he was born in a supernatural way through the Virgin Mary. And Jesus perfectly revealed and did the will of God. So as Jesus lived in human flesh in an earthly body, He perfectly showed us who is this God that created us. Everything you need to know about God and who He is and how He created you and what He does and how He responds uh, to life on this earth, you can find in the life of Jesus Christ in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And so it's perfectly revealed in everything that Jesus did, taking upon Himself human nature with its demands and necessities in identifying Himself completely with mankind yet without sin he knew he knows everything that we go through he knows how tempted we are he knows the strength of those temptations because not only did he feel them but he conquered them he was without sin he never sinned in the human body and that is why he can be our perfect sacrifice that is why He can be our perfect sacrifice. He did it completely. He did it perfectly. He lived in human flesh without sin. He honored the divine law. So you think about all those Old Testament laws. He honored the divine law by His personal obedience. And in His substitutionary death on the cross, He made provision for the redemption of men from sin. So he honored, he lived according to God's law. He did it perfectly. He obeyed perfectly. None of us do that. None of us can do that. But Jesus did it. And in his substitutionary death, so that means I ought to be punished on the cross. I ought to be experiencing the wrath of God because of my sin. But Jesus took my place. He substituted his self, his perfect life, for my imperfect life on the cross. And as He did that, He gives us redemption. He provides people a way to be saved from their sin. And then not only did He die on that cross, but Jesus was raised from the dead with a glorified body. If you turn over your sermon notes, and appeared to His disciples as the person who was with them before His crucifixion. So Jesus is raised from the dead. And not only that, but in a glorified body, not like when Lazarus was raised from the dead or Elijah uh, raised the widow's son from the dead, uh, but Jesus appeared in a glorified body, a body that would never die again, totally different than what happened with Lazarus or any of the uh, people that were raised from the dead in the Bible. Jesus appeared in a glorified body. And He appeared to His disciples... And they knew who He was. They recognized Him. Uh, and, and they knew who He was. He appeared. Uh, and they could tell, this is Jesus that was crucified. He still had the scars in His hands and in His side. And then after He appeared to them, He ascended into heaven. So He went up into heaven right before their eyes. And they saw it. Hundreds of witnesses saw it. And He is now exalted at the right hand of God where He is the one mediator, fully God, 
fully man in whose person is affected the reconciliation between God and man. So he went up into heaven exalted. When you think about when uh, Stephen was, was martyred in Acts, he said, I see Jesus Christ at the right hand, standing at the right hand of God. He's there today. He's mediating. That means he's going between God and us. He's interceding for us. He's battling for us, praying for us. Uh, and, uh, and He's not just half God and half man. He's fully God and fully man. And He makes us right between God. We cannot be made right on our own. We must have Jesus Christ. And then we believe that Jesus will return in power and glory to judge the world and to consummate, to bring together His redemptive mission. So He'll return. And He he came the first time to deliver, to save, to seek and save the lost. This next time He will come with a whole other mission, and that is to judge the world and to bring together, to redeem all of mankind, to bring in a new heaven and a new earth, and we'll be in new bodies. And, uh, and He now dwells in all believers as the living and ever-present Lord. As the living and ever-present Lord. And this is what we believe. And I encourage you to read that this week and to pray about how deeply you think about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because what you believe about God matters. And, uh, and, and when you don't think deeply about God, you're going to easily be led astray. Uh, and you're going to spend a lot of your time doing things that God doesn't want you to do because it takes time to get deep with God. When you think about people that, that learn, that really study the ocean, they've got to learn how to scuba dive. Like Bill back there, he's a big scuba diver, professional. You've got to get, you've got to have all kinds of equipment. You've got to be trained and learn all kinds of things because you're going to die down there without it. Uh, and if we want to go deep with God, it's going to take time to think to rewire our brains, to to pray, to be still and know that He's God. It's going to take time to get deep with God. And I want to challenge you. What do you believe about God? Because it matters. What you believe about God is fueling your life and taking you places. And if you believe the wrong things about God, it's taking you the wrong way. When you know God rightly and you're reconciled to God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is being poured into your heart, you're going to go the right way. You're going to know and you're going to get deeper and deeper with God. Jesus asked His disciples in Matthew 16, 15, Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And I want you to take a moment today during our time of invitation to hear Jesus asking you that. Who do you say that I am? Who do you truly believe that I am? And if you don't believe in Jesus, tell Him that. Because that's ultimately what we've got to do is come face to face with the Savior and say, I believe you're my Savior and Lord. That's what Peter did. I believe you're the Messiah. You're the one. I believe it's you. Or we're going to say, I believe you're nothing. I believe you're just a person. I believe you're not God. And we've got to say that to the one that died for our sin on the cross. 
Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? What are you believing about Jesus Christ? And just look at your life. Where are you headed? Where is it taking you? What, are, what is the fruit that your life is producing? And if it's again not the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, if it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's you don't believe rightly about Jesus. Something has gone wrong. Something is haywire. And so take a moment and let Jesus ask you that question. What do you believe about Jesus Christ? Who do you believe Jesus to be? And maybe today's the day that you begin to open your heart to Him. Maybe today's the day that you begin to realize, I don't believe the right things about Jesus and I need God to help me to rewire that and to change my mind, to change my thinking. But we believe that the world is created by an amazing and awesome God and that you're created by an amazing and awesome God. And yet as we believe that God created everything perfectly, we see there's sin in this world. There's darkness. And that darkness is in me and it's in you. Every one of us has sinned and fallen short. And Jesus Christ is the medicine. He is the sacrifice. He is the one that makes us right with God. That overcomes sin. And right now, where God is working to overcome that sin is in the human heart. Is in our own lives. He's seeking to save the lost today. And every day until Jesus comes back. And then ultimately one day, He's going to end that darkness totally. And there will only be light shining. But when that day comes, it's going to come suddenly. Are you ready? Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? Are you living your life every day for Him, believing who He is? If you're a believer today, think about that first day that grace was poured into your life through the Holy Spirit. And how you changed and how it affected you that day that you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then realize every day is a day to invite Jesus in. I've got to trust Him, believe in Him just as much as I did that first day I became a Christian as I do today. And every day is a day to say, Lord Jesus, I believe in You. You're the way, the truth, and the life. You're the one, my only hope of, of heaven and eternity. You're the only way I can overcome sin and temptation and destruction. And I invite You into my heart today. I invite you into my life today. And so if you've not believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross for your sin, that God raised Him from the dead and that He ascended into heaven, if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ today, you haven't invited Him into your life to forgive you of your sin, today's the day that you can do that. You can be saved today. You can begin to think rightly about the God that created you and overcome sin today. Or if you're a believer today and you've just got caught up in lies or you've just been living the wrong way and you know today God's calling you back like that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter. That prodigal son finally came to his senses watching the pigs eating better than he was and he ran back home. And that may be what God's calling you to do today as a believer You've had enough of living with the pigs. 
And it's today's the day to get right with Him and to come back home. But as we sing this closing song, I encourage you to let Jesus ask you that question. Who do you say that He is? Let's pray together. God, we pray over this time of temptation. I mean, (laughs) of invitation. Uh, And we ask You to move today uh, to help us to overcome temptation. Uh, And if there's anyone here today that's lost and they're enemies of You, and they're not right with You, uh, and You've revealed that to them. Only You can. We pray that You help them right now to just say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to You. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life right now and fill me up with the love of the Holy Spirit. Forgive me of all my sin. And I make a covenant with You now to live for You from this day forward. God, if someone is praying and, 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 and coming to You right now, we thank You and we rejoice in the work that You do to seek and save the lost. And God, if there's believers here today that aren't thinking right, that aren't living right, we pray You would move in their life today to bring them back home and, uh, and, and to, to take care of them, to clean them up and to get us all shining Your light and living for You as You call us to. So during this time of invitation, we pray against the darkness. We pray for the lost that are living all over Walnut Springs and Glen Rose and the surrounding areas. And God, we ask You to do a mighty work. We thank You. You're not confined to this building. And we pray through our faith today, through our prayers today, that You would move to bring revival to families all over Walnut Springs today. That we would see Jesus high and lifted up and that we would see people coming to know You and follow You. But do a mighty work as we close this service that we would be empowered to live for You in the week to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together today.